Hello and welcome to episode 303 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of many topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and listeners, let me tell you, I am ready for some football. Because the professional football season in North America, the NFL, starts very, very soon. And when the NFL season is about to begin, you know what that means? A lot of fantasy football drafts. But because I have not played fantasy football in several years and never want to play it again for mental health reasons, I have instead channeled my energy into fake, weird video game RPG drafts, all on this podcast, uh, the fourth of which we are doing today, all about the Persona series. But let's uh, meet everyone else in my fantasy league right now, starting with Hilary Andrew. Hi, everyone. And Peter Friesenberg. Hello. And making his triumphant return to the podcast after a hiatus of about, I think, four or five years, Neil Chandran. Hey. So, Hillary, Peter, Neil, and me I also, I guess, we are all big fans of the Persona series of RPGs. They've been around for about 25 years. They're originally a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei series by Atlas, and now they are very much their own thing and may have even overshadowed regular SMT in popularity. But we're not here to talk about Persona games or Persona as, as a series. We're just going to talk about our favorite characters and monsters and what have you in, from within Persona, because we are going to draft our own persona teams of so of sorts we're not gonna compete them against each other in a league we're not going to you know uh make a trophy case for all of them on the, <laughs> unless you want to on your own time that's fine uh we're just here to basically talk about our favorite persona things but do so in a weird gimmicky format of a fantasy draft because i love weird gimmicky things it's, and it's going to be a clash of the titans and other gods and any really fantastical creature you can imagine so it should be exciting including i think some historical characters some, yes. some, some things from fiction like like the, the demons of shin megami tensei and the personae of persona uh they draw from all kinds of different sources and i'm sure it's going to get a little weird but uh uh first of all I just have to ask some basic questions and establish some basic ground rules uh uh neil hillary peter we all basically know how fantasy drafts and snake draft formats work correct correct yes sure all right so we're all we're going to take turns picking uh and the order is going to go um with an order that we determined before the episode began neil has the first overall pick then hillary then myself then peter so uh basically four times in a row the pick is going to be neil hillary Solosi, peter peter Solosi, hillary neil uh, we, and we also have specific positions to fill the positions that we've uh, that we decided ahead of time are one slot for protagonist Two slots for Persona, which are, you know, the, the summonable Personae in the various games. Then four slots for characters. And characters can be a playable character that is not a protagonist or an important NPC like a social link or a confidant or a rumor monger uh, that, you know, but, but, it at, but it at least, you know, uh, could be presented as a good guy or a neutral party. And then one last slot for Flex, which can be any character from a Sega game, an Atlas game, or a Sega Atlas game, including a second protagonist or a fifth character, if you if you want to um, use the flex to break the rules a little bit. And, and also, let's see, uh, a couple other things. Um, the characters of Maya and Tatsuya from Persona 2, and also Aegis from Persona 3, can be protagonists or characters. So you can you could draft all three of them as characters and then and then draft the uh, 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 and draft Narukami and have a team of four protagonists on it, if, if you if you so manage to do that. And also, one last thing, 
um, when you draft a character that is playable, uh, they sort of come with their persona. So if you draft Joker in your protagonist spot, he comes with Arsene. You don't have to draft Arsene separately. Uh, all the playable characters come with their base persona. Does that does uh, does everyone follow the rules? Mm-hmm. Sure, sounds good to me. Okay, do we have any questions going forward, or can we just start uh, start with the draft? Let's get started. All right. Well, Neil, you have the first pick, and remember, and you can draft in any position order you want. Uh, so, who is pick number one of the Retro Encounter Persona Fantasy Draft? I am going to start with my protagonist. And for my protagonist, I'm going to pick Boy with Earring from Persona 1. He's also known as Uh Naoya Toto in the manga or Yuya Narumi in the drama CD. And here's why I pick him. His dominant arcana is Emperor, which means he has a whole bunch of strong personas and he has solid compatibility in other arcana. He can also use one-handed swords and machine guns. He has a wide range of contact skills to communicate with demons. And though he is a blank slate protagonist, he seems to have a personality that draws people to him. The only downside I could see to him is that while, you know, he's shown to be intelligent throughout the game, he's not the most academic boy. Like, There's a part in Persona 1 in the beginning, you visit the historical society and crazy dancing Mark sarcastically says, when did you become studious all of a sudden? But at the end of the day, it's his versatility and natural leadership skills that make him my protagonist pick. Well, all right. I can tell you there was no danger of me picking Boy with Earring (laughs) on my draft board. So maybe you could have saved this pick for later. Uh, but I, I can't speak for Peter or Hillary, of course. But uh, yeah, boy with earring, uh, he's the first pick of the draft. I was, I was not expecting that, Neil. So, uh, so thank you for at least surprising me less than eight minutes into the episode. Uh, but Hillary, you have the second overall pick. And, and remember, you, you don't have to do a protagonist first. You can mm-hmm. pick any, any position you want. Uh, and any character within the Persona universe other, with, other than boy with earring. All right. Well, I have... One of two Persona 4 characters that I'm really aiming to get, um, since I got this kind of good turn order this time around, I'm trying to pick between the two of them. But I think I'm going to go with the heart of the investigation team, Naoto Shiragane. Naoto from Persona 4. All yes. right. So let's talk uh. about Naoto. <laughs> Late game edition, really interesting Persona that could complement a team really well. And... Outside of battle, I really couldn't think of many other Persona characters that would be as helpful as Naoto. <laughs> Naoto might be the cleverest person on that team, because l- l- let's yep. be real, the investigation team is full of some dummies. Um, <laughs> and lovable. one person who knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, extremely likable cast of characters, but not the most academically gifted, let's say. But, but Naoto being a, a, a very smart detective type, focuses the investigation for a while. I think she suspects that you're the ones doing the murders until she basically figures out every part of the mystery other than the supernatural part before she joins you. Just a really strong, likable character overall. I love Naoto. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and also, uh, Naoto learned, like, I think her skills change a little bit in the 
in the in the Vita version, but yes. she learns a bunch of different elemental skills and mind charge and uh, and like Amigadola spells. Uh-huh. It, 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 it's a pretty strong loadout. Yeah, she's she's got a little bit of versatility. Right on. So it is my it is my turn, and I was briefly terrified that Hillary was going to pick my person. <laughs> Because, uh, Hillary, you said you were choosing between a couple of Persona 4 people. And on the off chance that my first pick was one of them, I am going to seize him right now. I am drafting my boy, Kanji Tatsumi. Yes, you're correct. Very good. I, I <laughs> love Kanji. He is a big, tanky idiot uh, who um, has a complex about his feminine side because he, you know, he was always more comfortable talking to boys than girls. He likes things like arts and crafts and making clothes. And, and that gives him a, a personality that sort of overcompensates for masculinity. But like him going through that struggle and befriending the protagonist and just being a completely lovable, hilarious goof the whole game while being a, a, a very nice physical character in combat, who also is basically a Mataru Kaja machine, at least at the uh, towards the end game. Mm-hmm. I love Kanji. I could not I, I would have been a little disappointed and upset if someone else got him. So on the team, he is. I feel like he's one of those people everyone would have liked to have. Yeah, all for yeah. different reasons. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, if if someone else tells me Kanji is their favorite Persona Four character, we immediately have something to talk about. I, I like no complaints here. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, like I said, I could relate to him and and his struggle in many ways in my own life, but that's another lengthy discussion for another time. I also feel like he'd be one to really unite the team and kind of, you know, encourage and inspire. Also, we should mention um, his weapons are found objects. So a lot of them are folding chairs. Sometimes there's they are shields. They're blocks of wood. I think I think in Persona Q, his final weapon is like an ancient gravestone, <laughs> which is Jeez. just kind of badass. He's, 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 he's kind of like Joaquin from Shadow Hearts Covenant. I was uh, gonna say this under- is a trend. Yeah. Uh, also, my favorite character, Undertaker. Yeah. Also, my my, my favorite character I was in that pro wrestler too. They use anything as a weapon. Oh yeah. If if they're um if, if it's uh if if foreign objects are allowed, then they can get pretty strange in in pro wrestling like street fight matches and whatnot. But okay, uh, we are not here to talk about WWE or AEW. We are here to talk about RE. PFD and it's Peter's turn. You get uh Peter, you have the end of the first and beginning of the second round, so two picks in a row. Okay. Um so I'm going to lock in my protagonist first um because I really want the P3 main character on my team. Um the the male one who either goes by Makoto in the animated films or Minato in the uh, manga of Persona 3. Um and the reason I'm picking uh minato slash makoto is that um i just i love his design i've I've always found like the blue hair school uniform and headphones look to be like really appealing um orpheus is one of my favorite persona designs in the whole series just the whole puppet that plays its own strings thing um it really fits thematically with with um the plot of Persona 3, and it's just one of those character designs that I just have always vibed with. If there's a reason he's my um, icon on the site and has been for many years. So um, I really wanted to lock them on my uh, team. No, I mean, no arguments here. Uh, the Persona 3 main character was sort of my introduction to Persona because I, I tried to play 
uh, Revelations and Eternal Punishment many, many years ago and couldn't get into them. But then when I finally tried Persona 3 in the early 2010s, it uh, began my lifelong obsession. And I, I and like him walking through uh, Tatsumi Island and then and having to sign his name into the dormitory with such an o- ominous conversation is is sort of what the beginning of Persona is to me. And, and it's, it's a really iconic, yeah. great design. Oh, it sets the tone so well. Mm-hmm. But but similar to Boy with Earring, um, P3 Boy Tagonist can equip any weapon, uh, at least in the PS2 versions of the game. So how do you v- vision uh, Minato? Uh, like like what what's his equipment kit? Generally generally speaking, I kept uh, Minato, Minato, Minato with uh, swords um, through the entire game, and tend to outfit him with a pretty wide, uh, a, a pretty good rotation of different elemental spells. And um, and generally, yeah, spec for being spec for magic as far as a a a, 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 a Shin Megami Tensei protagonist goes. I gotcha. I I liked giving him spears just because in the uh, in the field areas, um, it was it was fast and long ranged. Yes, that reach. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't really think about stats on this weapon until you get to like the ultimate ones that give you plus ten to something. But uh, uh, Peter, you have another pick to go uh, right away for the start of round two. How are you going? Okay, so I'm going to lock in one of my four characters. And for this one, I'm going with a confidant from Persona 5. Um, so we're gonna, I'm going to lock in EY, who is the, uh, the gunsmith from Persona 5. Um, and the reason I want EY on my team is because... I feel like he's he, his backstory is that he's like ex yakuza, um, and so I just feel like he's the kind of person who can get stuff done, um, and having someone who is able to sort of illicitly provide teenagers with weapons could be a could be very helpful in whatever sport it is we're playing in this draft. Awesome, uh, yeah, I I love EY. Um, the the one thing I don't like about him is that I think you need a you need one stat really high in order to yes. to, to start the confidant with him. It's I, I want to say it's guts, but I, I yep. uh, I'd have to double check. I'm pretty um, sure it is. I don't think I finished his route. Yeah, I don't think you. I mean, you can't start his route until you have guts maxed. So he's one of those uh, maybe wait for a new game plus kind <laughs> kinds of confidants to build up. Right. Right. Still, I figured he'd be a good a good pick for the team, so I wanted to make sure I got him in there. Yeah, he's got your arsenal covered, that, at least, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we've got blue-haired Jesus, and we've got the gunsmith, and then everything else is just going to fall into place. <laughs> uh, it's, it's my turn now. Um, I'm going to go with another character position, and I got my favorite P4 character, so it's time to go with my uh, favorite Persona character from a different game. And uh, Kanji looks like he could belong in a motorcycle game, gang, but doesn't. So I'm going to go with someone that actually rides a motorcycle and draft Mitsuru Kirijo from Persona 3. Nice. Good pick. Yeah. <laughs> she is uh, completely badass. She's extremely responsible. And she also rides a motorcycle and ha- can cast, uh, what is it, Mabufudine and Mind Charge. And uh, because I'm assuming I can you know, give orders in a reasonable manner in this game. She won't be spamming Marin Karin all the time. Yep. <laughs> or Tentarafu. I was strongly considering her too because of all, all of that, but also 
she's your early support, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah. So she could function as helping you navigate if you end up like a place like Tartarus, as well as being a fighting, you know, on the ground. Yeah, she's the support for the first couple of story dungeons before Fuka joins the team. That's right. Yep. Plus, she has corporate backing, which yes, oh, shoot, the money a lot in a chaotic <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah, she's the scion of a giant Japanese zaibatsu, so she had she her credit card does not have a limit. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, your your funding for this team is set. Yeah, she's a really good choice. And also, if any, if anyone's uniform rips, then Kanji is right there with a needle and thread to save the day. <laughs> there you go. So, Hillary, uh, it's time for your second pick. Oh, man. Well, I think I'm going to lock in a protagonist. Um, and that that is Maya from Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. And I picked her because she's pretty well balanced. I like her attitude in the game and the way she can lead a team. Um, and I like the fact that she's a little bit older. I think I wanted at least one slightly older character on the team to help kind of rein everybody oh, yeah. in. I'm afraid the way my team is shaping up, it's going to be a whole bunch of teenagers. But I may, I may, <laughs> I may, have, I may have to rethink this strategy going forward. It's still early. <laughs> Uh, Maya's awesome. Um, I, I haven't played Eternal Punishment very long yet. I, I actually uh, have recently started playing it for this podcast, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but I loved her in Innocent Sin. Um, her backstory is cool, and her uh, positivity that is a little memeable, but but definitely real, uh, is, is a fun wrinkle to her. And she can summon weird shield Artemis and has guns. She's, Maya's awesome. Oh, without a doubt. And, and with this team, I get Maya and Maya, at least depending on when the game, like when in Eternal Punishment. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, there are so many Maya puns in, in, in Innocence in Sin because Maya's starting persona is Maya. The evil aliens are the Mayans. Uh, there's, a, there's a Mayan, as in the, as in the ancient uh, Central American civilization, there's a, like a Mayan temple prophecy that's involved. Uh, the, I think the final dungeon is named after the Mayan underworld. It, there's there's a bunch of weird Maya wordplay in, in Innocent Sin. Yeah, Innocent Sin loved to do that because even with um, the Tatsuya, yeah, Tatsuya Suo, the hero, Tatsuya Sudo, one of the villains, and they both used different kanji to spell Tatsuya in the Japanese version. Yeah, and, and also... Um, Tatsuya's uh, persona, which which uh, is um, I, I think it's, it's it's not Vulcan. It, it, is it Vulcan? Yeah, no. I think I think yeah. Tatsuya's yeah, Vul- uh, yeah, it was Vulcan. His first right. one. Yeah, his his uh, first persona starts fires, but Maya's persona shields and protects and extinguishes fires, which goes into their backstory a little bit as well. There, there there's a lot of really cool um, symbolism in Persona Two, and you can listen to those Persona Two innocent episodes from September 2020 if you want to hear a very in depth. Uh, discussion on that game but uh i think we're about maya out for now neil you have two picks in a row end of round two beginning of round three how are you going okay since i couldn't get maya i'm going to lock in one of my character picks and i am picking eriko kirishima she was playable in persona one and persona two eternal punishment and non-playable in innocent sin and here's why I pick her. She, she's the fashionable one from Eternal Punishment? Let's see. Yeah, she was the fashion model. Right, okay, right, right. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, you either get her or Nanjo, depending on what rumor you pick. 
But here's why I pick Eriko Kirishima. I mean, she's an intelligent young lady who, even in high school in P1, had a keen interest in the occult, which is very useful in a world where demons exist. And as a teenager, she studied abroad. As a fashion model, she's worked abroad. So she's obviously good at adapting to new situations in new places. She can speak English, Japanese, and probably other foreign languages fluently. She can also use multiple personas from multiple arcana, though her favorite is judgment. Solid set of contact skills to talk to demons. And in P1, she can use all of Boy With Earrings swords, which are some of the best ones, and all of Nanjo's guns, the assault rifles, the best ones. She is just a complete package and probably my most pragmatic pick. And also, you know, you're talking about speaking multiple languages. One thing that I, I thought was hilarious that they did with uh, Mitsuru in Persona 3, in the English version, she exclaims phrases in French quite often, but in the Japanese mm-hmm. version, she speaks Japanese and, ex- and does those exclamations as English words. <laughs> and they did the exact same localization choice for one of my favorite 3DS games, Bravely Second, with the character Magnolia like speaking random French outside her English in the localization, but in the original Japanese, speaking Japanese with random exclamations of English, which is, it, it, it's weird to see play out, but it, I, I was very tickled that Persona 3 and Bravely Second made the same localization choice, but that, that, that's a little separate from the conversation. So uh, yeah, uh, Eriko, she's a really cool lady. I thought um, she is in one scene in Innocent Sin, and in, when I played Innocent Sin, I ended up looking up half the Persona 1 cast just because I, I, I was morbidly curious and i and i really like innocent sin and do not like persona one much but uh, she's she's one of the cooler ones from that cast i totally agree mm-hmm. oh definitely and she's really helpful in eternal punishment if i'm not mistaken as well so oh, yes. I, have, I have not reached that part of the game yet but uh hopefully i will before too long otherwise i will fall really behind <laughs> in, in, in time for recording but yeah in in persona one innocent sin and eternal punishment she she really helps the cast out, so she's great. Good choice. Mm-hmm. So, Neil, you have another one uh, pick back-to-back. How are you going for this one? Well, I cannot take Eriko without taking one of her best personas. So I'm going to go with Armaiti, the Persona 1 version of it. Armaiti is a Zoroastrian entity. She's one of the six manifestations of Ahura Mazda's wisdom, Ahura Mazda being the highest deity in Zoroastrianism. But the reason I picked this persona is she's a straight-up beast. She has powerful attacks, powerful healing, powerful support, total package. And the Persona 1 version has Media Rahan, which restores full HP to the whole party. The only issue is that she's weak to Mudo or Dark, but again, just like Eriko, this persona, full package. And a pra- and another one of my pragmatic picks. That's weird because it looks like it looks like it was, it was translated as Almighty in the in Revelations, but and, yes. and the name and the name Almighty does might does sound like that but but you're quite right it is a uh, a manifestation of ahura mazda which is sometimes called ormaz for those of fans of 2008 prince of persia 
but y- yeah, I, I'm not that familiar with this persona because I don't think they've appeared in any past persona two. But that's a really interesting pick. Good support, good healing. Yeah. Yeah, it was only in P1, Innocent Sin, and EP. And again, not a uh, not knocking anything off of my big board. There was no danger of me drafting out on my ET in this in this draft. So that's a, a, a small relief to me. And I'll admit, um, on the m- multiple times I played Persona One, Our Mighty was my MVP Persona. So I was like, gotta get. I was like, I gotta get her and Eddie <laughs> All right. So Hillary, what's your pick for round three? All right, I think I am going to lock in a persona this this time. It's a late game persona, usually one that you might see belonging to uh, a Velvet Room attendant, actually, potentially, and that's Arta. Um, oh, uh, is, is that the um, is 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 that is that that's one of the fusion ones of the yep. Hindu gods? Yep. So combination essentially of Shiva and Parvati. Um, right. So a union, yeah, it's a union of the kind of feminine masculine. Okay. I remember this. Um, yeah. Ardha, yeah, uh, Ardha is the final boss of digital self, digital devil saga one. Yep. And that, which, which is, I, which is a more indelible image to me uh, than their role in the persona games, but, but still a very, very cool, very, very powerful persona. Yep, I mean you you can do almighty damage, you can do some fire damage, you can also do a sexy dance. So depending on which version, which game, good all of, and some status effects. So lots of diff, lots of uses. And uh, I mean if you're fusing Shiva and Parvati together, uh, like Arda might be able to inherit some of Shiva's really good skills like like Correct. like, like Parlaya, right? Mhm. Yeah, that that's no joke at all. Yikes. And I can relate, and I can relate that even to my life because, um, you know, my mom she used to teach uh, classical Indian dance, and uh, one of the dances she would sometimes perform was how um, Shiva and Parvati became one to teach one of their devotees the lesson of how important it is to value the man and the woman equally. And Arda nice. is an almost literal representation of that. Correct. <laughs> all right well it's 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 my pick next and out of fear that one of my preferred personas gets gets proffered away um i am going to draft my first persona as well and it is going to be yoshitsune good choice um yoshitsune was a uh, a a figure that was betrayed it, it, it like like Masakado, who which is an, another sort of semi-historical figure that shows up in a lot of SMT games. Yoshitsune has sort of a, you know, like a like a connection to the post-apocalyptic Tokyo of a couple of the SMT games, and thus because all and thus you know got exported to Persona like a, like a lot of SMT uh, demons did, and in every game Yoshitsune is in, maybe particularly Persona Four, because that's where I most vividly remember using him. Uh, it's just, just incredible physical persona. Like it has, it has some boosting skills, some magic skills, but it learns Hasso Tobi, the most powerful physical attack in the game. Hits all enemies eight times with a medium chance of critical hit, and is uh, and also has good defenses. 
but if you want elite late game physical damage, you want Yoshitsune. And it also reminds me of the Yoshitsuna from the Disgaea games, even though there's one syllable different. So that's a, that, that tickles me as well. So Yoshitsune is my round three pick. Very nice. Good choice. I hope I didn't snipe him from you, Peter. Was it, was he going to be one of your two that you're drafting? No, 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 no sniping has been done. I feel 1% better then. That's good. I've, I've, I've only gotten one character sniped sewed up, and I'm not going to tell anyone who it is just so that you can all feel guilty. <laughs> hey, hey, I had two of my picks sniped already, which is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're more good-natured than I am. I definitely have had one pick sniped, but it was it was something I was going to save for a later round anyway, so I, I can't be that upset. If, if, I wanted, if I wanted them that badly, I would have picked them. Pick them. I won't, I won't say I won't, I'll keep it gender neutral. <laughs> and the picks and the two picks that got sniped, I knew there was going to be a fight for them. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if Peter's going to start any fights with his next two picks. What you got for round three? Okay, so I, I don't know if I'm going to cause any fights with this one, but one of my persona picks I want to lock in is four. Round three is all personas, and I find that very interesting. So let's talk about Thor. Yeah, so. Thor is one of my staples in the Persona in the in the Shin Megami Tensei series in general, um, just because good physical damage, good electric attacks. Um, I in my last playthrough of Persona Four, I sort of had a ro- rotating staple of all the Norse gods, just because I wanted to stick to a theme. So I had Loki, Thor, and Odin. Yeah, if you if you added Cert to that lineup, then you have the four best elemental spells. Yeah, no, exactly. But um, but the re- the other reason I'm picking Thor is mostly for lore significance. Uh, Thor is often a fairly important demon in the Shin Megami Tensei universe. Um, most specifically, I think is actually in the original Shin Megami Tensei, um, where um, Thor is the demon responsible for nuking Japan in the midpoint of the game. Spoiler alert for a Super Famicom game. Um which is sort of that game's world of ruin take. It's a really grisly turning point in the narrative. Um, and it's just, I find it really interesting that of all the demons to, they chose to do that, they made Thor um, at standing in for an American general, um, which, again, just the symbolism in these games I find really fascinating. So I'm picking Thor for lore significance and for good elemental attacks cool and um i mean i haven't played any of the older shin megami tensei games before the ps2 era but i can vouch for thor having a very important interesting role in nocturne i i, I finished that game for the podcast uh oh a few yeah weeks nocturne ago. too yeah 100 percent um yeah it's fa- it's fascinating how they managed to make some of the characters because in 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 the persona games the personas are sort of I don't want to say disposable, but it's rare that they have like major. You might have one or two that are significant to the story, like the the main characters ones. But um, in this broader Megaten verse, like those demons are often characters in their own right, which I find yep. always find very entertaining. It's totally weird that the very friendly bar owner in Nocturne becomes the final boss of Persona Three. <laughs> yeah, right. Lord of mercy. And then I'm going to lock in my other pick. Um, and this one, I don't think I'm in any danger of being sniped, but I'm going to put her in here anyway. And it's Chihiro, 
Chihiro from Persona Three. Oh, um, the, Persona, uh, um, the 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 secretary. The the student council. I think she's the treasurer. Um, right. Right. She's she's probably my favorite social link slash romantic interest in Persona Three that isn't one of the main cast members. And some of that is I also just like her character in general because she's kind of got the whole like quiet girl with glasses thing. But when she decides to take things seriously, she gets very headstrong and very outspoken, which is a useful trait to have um, in a team. Plus, um, because she's a treasurer, I feel like that would help balance out, um, help manage our team's funding a little bit. (laughs) Since we don't have um, the bankroll of Mitsuru to work with, we have to make do with what we've got. So we drafted this high school student. <laughs> and another cool thing about her is when she makes that appearance in Persona 4, she's so much more confident. Yep. And Yusuke's yeah. like, she's awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- you can see some growth. Yeah, you see some real growth with her. And she's one of the few Persona 3 characters that makes a tangible connection to the future games. So, yeah, I fi- I've always found that very entertaining. Awesome. So, uh, we are going through the middle of round four now and i am still concerned about my favorite uh characters getting sniped so i am going to go with another uh side character slot and y- you know this is i don't know if this says something about me that i would rather not share or not but i thought it was it's a weird coincidence that my favorite persona 3 character and my pers- favorite persona 5 character are student council presidents involved with motorcycles so I'm just gonna follow my heart and go with Makoto Nijima from Persona Five as my as my next as my next pick. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, we knew that was coming. Yeah, I when we, I, I think I think she won like side character of the year for RPG fans games of the year in 2017, and I wrote the article on her because I was just I was just very willing and able to. Um, I, I, I again, she's sort of the responsible teen uh, team mom, not teen mom, team mom of the uh, <laughs> of the Phantom Thieves. And in battle, like she, you can tell that she has suppressed rage from always having to be, you know, a, a, a like a gopher for the school principal and um, and and uh, to live up to her sister's expectations. So like like she channels out her rage in uh, when when she masks up into these brutal martial arts and motorcycle attacks that I just love. Plus she can throw out a uh, Maraku Kaja and, uh, and, a, and a Mediarama and, uh, and some nuclear spells right up there with the best of them. I, I really like Makoto. She's on the team. Good choice. Yeah. She's <laughs> one of probably one of the most popular persona five characters for sure. So yeah, oh, I yeah. had a feeling reason. that someone was going to pick her. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's not try to implode or explode the internet, Hillary, but uh, let's make, let's hear your next earth shattering selection. <laughs> well, I'm 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 getting a little nervous and I think I need to secure my lovable brawler um for my team. So I'm going with a Persona 3 pick this time around. I'm drafting Akihiko. I I, I considered oh, Akihiko for my la- for uh <laughs> for for my last choice. I I really did, but I I was I, considering him too. <laughs> I I wanted to I wanted to have Persona 3, 4 and 5 representation instead. Let's talk about Aki. Let's talk about uh, Aki Senpai. Um he of all three stat lowering spells, which makes him crazy good in combat. Yep, my I I feel my team is going to be very much centered around like debuffing and <laughs> at this point. But yeah, I mean he's 
a decent physical fighter. He's got that going. Um, I really like his kind of the transformation um, and his persona change. It's really moving. I don't want to spoil too much. Um, I just think he'd be a really good addition to the team. I'm sad he can't be on the same team as Mitsuru because I think they work really well together. But at least I can have him on my team. They also make really good rivals. That's true. So there you go. They also make very different fashion choices in Persona 4 <laughs> Arena. Yes. Where, oh gosh. Yeah, where Mitsuru oh uh, has this Both awesome has this awesome fur, like yeah, Mitsuru has this awesome faux fur coat and Akihiko throws away most of his clothes to be <laughs> to be a a world wanderer protein seeker. I, I was going to say to just wander off into the woods cuz that's what it seems like. <laughs> ooh. Oh, ooh, this is getting saucy. I like it. <laughs> And also, I, I think he's the best dating option in Persona 3 uh, Portable. Yeah, I can see that. Let's face it, the boy options in P3P are kind of lacking. I I, I think that uh, uh, like Ken is terrible, but the other oh. two are the, the other two are pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, uh, at, at least at least they're dating uh, uh, social links. But uh, it's more like one of them has a hard time limit. One of them is a child. And one of them is not available because canon love interest. <laughs> well, all right. Maybe we want to load those three love interests into a canon, but uh, we, we, have, we have to move on with the episode. Neil, who is your pick for round four? Okay. This is one of my out of left field picks, but for, a, for my second character, I'm going to pick rumor monger Nekomata from Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. Wait, is that is that a Lucky Cat statue or something else? Oh no, it's late in the game. Um, you find a Nekomata hiding out in the Kuzunoha Detective Agency's bathroom, and she becomes one of the rumor mongers. <laughs> okay, I, I I have not gotten that far yet, certainly, but but that, that's kind of great. <laughs> anyway. I'll admit, she could be a problematic pick for me since I am somewhat allergic to cats, but out of all the rumor mongers in Innocent Sin and Eternal Punishment, she's the only one I'm aware of that's a demon. All the other rumor mongers are humans. So if I need information from demons or about demons, she's the one who can get it. And... In an ever-changing world where demons are emerging out of the woodwork, my most valuable commodity is going to be accessing information, which she can get. Plus, the Nekomata variation on the Kuzunoha detective theme music is the most adorable thing ever. So yeah, rumor monger Nekomata's on my team. Between that and Peter's pick of Chihiro, I wonder if I should draft, let's say, a non-combatant before too long. But uh, Neil, you have uh, two picks in a row. So uh, what's it, what's round five going to start with? I'm going to have to think about this one. You know what? I'm going to pick my second persona. And my second persona is going to be uh, Kikuri Hime, who appears in Persona 3 and 4. And this is not a practical pick. I'm just picking her because I think she is the coolest looking persona out of all of them. <laughs> okay, and yes, she can also attack, heal, and support quite well, but I'll admit, 
I'm picking, I'm picking that one for looks alone, even though she has all those great skills. All right. And, uh, let's see. They're, they're, I'm, I'm looking at the skills now. It looks like it's a pretty good early to mid game magic persona with that always has some healing available and, and, and is a, a, a really cool, really pretty persona. <laughs> all right. So Hillary, we are in round five. We're past the halfway point. What is your pick for round five going to be? You still have two character slots, one persona slot, and that super flex. Ooh. Hmm. Do I want to do one more character or, or do I want to introduce the super flex? Flexes are usually saved to the very end, but we did, yeah. have, we did, we did have someone in the previous episode draft their flex pretty early. So um, I, I don't know if you really want to be able to summon Knuckles the Echidna from, <laughs> from, from Maya's outstretched arms. You should Maybe you should jump on it before too long. Hmm. <laughs> I think with the parameters you gave, my idea is actually a pretty safe one. So, so <laughs> I'll do another character. I think this may be my last Persona 3 character, but he's a very good boy and no reason for drafting him other than he's a very good boy. Very useful, kind of like late mid game, at least for me when I played Persona 3. And his Persona Cerberus, which is always cool. It's Karamaru. I, I love Koromaru. The, the the funny thing about him is you think, oh, he's a dog. He's probably has he's probably not very strong, maybe a, a bit of a gimmicky character. It's like, no, he he has Masuku Kaja. He has the best available fire and darkness spells in the yep. game. He he's he's not a very good attacker, but is somehow like a top three ma magic user in Persona 3, which is a and little strange. A magic user. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I thought I thought for sure Mr. Evokers for Dogs was going to lock him in. So this is I'm I'm living. Yeah, with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. My 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 Twitter handle is named after Koromaru. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't, don't apologize. If I if I wanted them that badly, I would have drafted him earlier. So I, yep. I can't I can't get that upset. I can get a little upset, but I can't get that upset. And the loyal dog has been an important staple in other Megami Tensei games, like in the first Shin Megami Tensei game. You know, the main character's dog, Pascal, manifests itself into Cerberus late in the game. So, hey, dogs rule. <laughs> and yeah, but that's the old, that's the weird SMT Cerberus that looks more like a lion, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and, and that Cerberus is sort of its own character with an SMT. Well, Koromaru draws from more a more literal interpretation of the Greek Cerberus uh, as being a three-headed guard dog, yeah. but has them, but has them mm -hmm. as Dobermans, which is a cool visual choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to have a Doberman. So <laughs> his story is um loosely based off of kind of like a little folk story in Japan, right? About a very loyal dog. Not a folk story, a nonfiction yeah. story. Oh right. Yeah, it's it, it was Hachiko the Shiba Inu that right. um that I thought uh, it was an Akita. But, oh, was it? Maybe, okay, maybe Hachiko was a was an Akita, but but Koromaru was a Shiba Inu. But, but anyway, um, uh, uh, Hachiko was a dog that uh, loyally waited for his master to come home from work every day at the bus stop. But his master died while while at work one day, and then Hachiko waited at the same train stop for something like weeks or months before passing. And then mm -hmm. and now and now and now there's a statue of Hachiko at the at the train station where where she waited. And yeah. um and, and Koromaru's story is a little bit like that. Uh, he was the dog of a priest that died, and so he watches over the pre the priest's grave and ends up fight and ends up you know manifesting persona powers to fight off shadows going after the priest's spirit, which is badass. That's great. He's protecting him. Um, yeah, no, I, when I said folk story, I didn't mean to misspeak and imply it was fictional. No, 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 I just no, kind no, of no, like no, larger cool. than life. Yeah. 
definitely large in life definitely worth worth discussing uh, discussing on the podcast <laughs> I don't, uh, when we did a persona 3 episode like oh geez like five years ago or uh, or maybe maybe longer um i think i'm not sure if we discussed the hachiko um koromaru connection or not but that, that, it's it's one of those great just uh, uh bits of trivia connected to persona 3 yep okay now it's uh it's my turn to pick and truthfully, I, I was going between a couple characters because uh, I'm drafting my fourth character right now. And one of them was Koromaru. There was a danger of me picking Koromaru right now if, if you hadn't Hillary. Ooh, but, man. But, but in that case, you're making my uh, my job a little bit easier, I guess, because now, now it's just one less thing to choose for, from. And, uh, you know, I am going someone that can, like Mitsuru, can be a support character or a combatant because I'm drafting Baofu from Persona 2. Ooh. Baofu is a an internet savvy oh. an internet savvy rumor monger in Innocent Sin, and then joins your party in Eternal Punishment. He is uh, a, a real shady looking man. I think in his forties. Who I think he's uh, 32. thirty two? He is an in old looking thirty two. Okay, he is an yeah, old thirty two. Yep. He is a JRPG thirty two, which is basically making him fifty two. Right. <laughs> um, man, I was considering Baofu. Well, you should have gotten him earlier instead of going for Kikurihime. But <laughs> anyway, this, is, this, is, this is what you get for picking Persona One characters, Neil. I I have I have I have done too many fantasy drafts not to know a little bit of meta strategy. So yeah, oh, Balfu joins Team Solosi. He uh, he summons um, I, I believe Odysseus and then Prometheus, which are uh, two inc- two of the best sort of characters from all of greek mythology which right uh, which, which which i adore yep. uh and, and and i like that he is equally useful either in the background or on the front line and and, and plus he might be the most quotable mofo in all of persona oh jeez, enjoy him as he trolls the rest of your party I, oh i shall i <laughs> i shall i am excited to get the most out of baofu um, as i continue persona 2 eternal punishment this month but my four character slots are taken up um, but Peter still has two characters, a persona and a flex left to go and gets two picks in a row right now. So Peter, what, what is your move? Yeah. So I am going to lock in both my other characters. Um, so, um, my first character pick is I'm going to lock in Junpei from persona three with the asterisk that Vic Mignana has to be yeeted into the sun. <laughs> okay, uh, Junpei, either with his original perso- uh, Japanese voice or a replacement English voice performance. Yeah, we can just get Bryce Pappenbrook to voice him. That dude's that dude's not busy right now, right? <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Jun- Junpei is one of my favorite Persona 3 characters, which makes his, again, like with Full Metal Alchemist and Edward Elric, it's a little hard to go back to nowadays. But um, I just, I love Junpei so much because he's one of the, he's, all of the, pers- the Persona 3, 4, and 5 all have, like, a jokester character who joins the party right away. Like, you have Junpei, you have Yosuke, and then you have um, Ryuji. And it, Yosuke is, like, the hard bottom of this trash pile. Um, but Junpei is, like... Junpei has a legitimately sweet emotional arc um, out of all the characters. The moment when his Persona transforms is, like, legitimately one of the saddest scenes in the game. And he genuinely matures over the course of the story, which is something that I just find really compelling since a big chunk of Persona 3's plot is about these characters not only growing up um, and facing their futures, but also coming to terms with 
the concept of mortality. And plus, he's just a dumb jock who has a baseball bat, and I feel like that has practical applications. And I thought it was a really cute choice for uh, for when Persona 4 Arena Ultimax uh, happened that they made him a Little League coach, which, yes. is, which is just, just a very, very... Yeah. It, it's, it's not as amazing as Yukari becoming the the Pink Ranger, but uh, but, is, <laughs> but but pretty good, pretty good. It is it is a wholesome character choice. Um, so yeah, Junpei Jun, Jun, manages to escape from the black hole of suckiness that is the first Persona um, party member uh, character. So I'm going to put him on my team. And then my other choice is going to be Futaba from Persona 5. Because Persona 5 fan base, we, we need to have a talk. I, I will not take this worst girl heresy from a fan base that decided that Kawakami was acceptable. Um, oh, come on. Who, um, like, like who hates Futaba? I don't know. I've met, I've, I've met people. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So Futaba is the trash goblin inside all of us. Um, and I love her for it. She's one of my favorite characters in the game. She's very computer savvy. Again, I feel like this is just has practical applications, um, even though I don't really know what game we're playing. But you know what? We're going to make it work. Um, sure, she doesn't want to go outside and has crippling social anxiety, but that's why Junpei and Chihiro are on the team to drag her outside by the shoulders. So, see, I did put some thought into this. Um, so I'm putting Futaba and Junpei on my team. It seems like you also put some thought into putting Junpei and Chihiro together. Yeah, right. Well, someone someone needs to be someone needs to be the team mom. I I have two team moms with Misuru Misuru and Makoto, but uh, Futaba is not teen. Uh, excuse me, team mom material. But she is like her navigation skills are awesome in Persona Five. Like like the, I, I think they just expanded what the navigator could do. She saved my life in the final boss. Like I would have wiped, but I had a very well timed Futaba intervention. Yeah, I, I believe it. Like they, they made the navigator character more powerful with each game going three, four, five, and Futaba has all kinds of crazy stuff she can do um, as your as your sort of sideline character. Plus, I just like that her persona is a UFO. Like that's just really <laughs> fun to me. I also am a big fan of her uh, collection of Phoenix Ranger Featherman R uh, action figures. Yeah. Yes, you would. Fair. You would be. Naturally. <laughs> of course I would. Speaking of, of course I would, it is my turn to make the next pick. And my three remaining positions, because uh, we are in round six now, are protagonist, uh, a, a, my second persona, and my flex. And I'm trying to think of which of those positions is under the most threat. And it's not protagonist, because of the, the other three protagonists, uh, each of you already has picked one. And um, only one of my like three one of the three protagonists I want got picked, but I, I, so I still, I think that's safe. Um, my persona is a toss up, but there are so many hundreds of personas over the course of these games. I'm sure I'll be able to pick something I like. So I'm going to go slightly out of the box and draft my flex right now. And uh, listeners, panelists, if you've been watching me online or on, listen to me, listening to me in podcasts or chatting with me over RPG fan slack over the past year and a half, you know my most recent video game obsession, and that is Ryugagotoku slash Yakuza. So I am drafting 
Someone to be the true chaperone of this team, the true protector, who will not let a single thing happen to these goofy teenagers plus one 32-year-old man. And so, <laughs> so I am drafting, drafting Kazuma Kiryu oh, good choice. from uh, the Yakuza series. Well, I think we all just lost. Pack it up, go huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, I knew there was a danger that he could get picked in round six, seven, or eight. So I'm going early with my flex. Um, he's he's like comically stoic and and do gooder. He's a former yakuza, just like your boy EY, and he always seems to be you know rescuing his former yakuza clan or protecting children. Like literally, p- part of yakuza three is is like stopping bulldozers from knocking down an orphanage. It, it gets. It, it, the Yakuza games get very silly, but uh, but Kiryu is just such a stone-faced, brilliant protagonist um, with incomparable integrity and physical gifts. And plus, in Yakuza Five, he drives a taxi around, so he so he can you know he can uh, he can carpool the team along with Mitsuru's motorcycle. True chaperone. I just have to say it. The investigation team is in crisis. <laughs> No matter which team is in crisis, he's gonna he's gonna reluctantly get up out of his armchair to go and save the day. It's true. <laughs> and all I was thinking was, with him and Baofu on your team, considering both of them have ties with organized crime syndicates and having high friends in low places, you got oh, all yeah. you got all that underworld covered, bro. You're the most well connected team so far, I think. Yeah, well. I got the demon rumor monger though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bao Fu would be a little bit like probably a little uncomfortable out of place hanging out with these <laughs> teenagers. So now so now Kiryu and Bao Fu can be like can like they, like they can spend some time together so they can, you know, hang out as adults once in a while. <laughs> Yo, let's go to the bar. <laughs> when, when they're not babysitting all these teams all these teens. And hey, if Kanji ever needed a mentor for attacking with found objects oh, like, man, chairs, yeah. like like chairs and bicycles oh, then yeah. what better tra- what better sensei is there than Kiryu goddamn Kazuma it's true with 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 the with the direction yakuza as a series is going in and i, I just feel like it is inevitable that this crossover will one day happen I, I i welcome it like especially now that they're in the same uh family like per, like have a summonable kiryu in persona 6 have a bunch of uh, Phantom Thieves costumes in 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 Yakuza Like a Dragon two slash eight. Like I I welcome it. I want all of it. Make Kiryu the final um Smash Ultimate pick. Um, uh, uh Nagoshi, the uh, creator of Yakuza, says that he has been asked about a- adding Kiryu to fighting games in the past, which got fans speculating that it might it might have been Tekken, probably was Virtua Fighter, and he's always declined because Car- Kiryu does not hit women, so it, it yeah, it's unlikely. Fair. It's unlikely that Kiryu makes it into Smash as much as I would love it, obviously. And uh, let's see, but am I going with 1988 Zoot Suit Kiryu, uh, 2005 Gray Suit Kiryu, or Okinawa Beat Takeshi from Sonachine Hawaiian Shirt Kiryu? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll let him choose his own wardrobe. But uh, Hillary, uh, who like whose clothes are getting added to your team wardrobe next? Hmm. Let's see. So I have a persona left. A character and my flex. So I think I'm going to go for something kind of goofy and a good companion for Koromaru. All right. Let's get goofy. Yeah. For my last character. But like, I seem to have a little bit of a theme, kind of like slightly spiritual, loyal, 
animals going. So I'm going to drop the fox. Oh, Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I should, I should, (laughs) fox should have been on my big board. That's smart. I like, I like that one, Hillary. (laughs) One. Good pick. So you have, so you have a very good boy and a very good girl on your team. It's true. You see the fox in the shrines starting in spring, I think. And it wants to help the shrine. The shrine is in bad shape. And that's kind of how you increase that arcana in the game. And you get some pretty good bonuses for, for doing so. It's it's your best source of dungeon healing until Correct. Rise, uh, until Rise's um auto dungeon heal skill like evolves a little bit. But but Fox yeah. Fox is useful for the whole game once she joins you. And and I say she because uh in, in their ending, if you max out uh their arcana um she she shows up at the shrine which is now nice and repaired with kits so she so she's a mama fox yeah she's a mama fox so now i get a little bit of healing and you know more spiritual credit i guess great pick i i i i wish i had thought of putting fox (laughs) on my big board um, (laughs) but i i also like my team how it is right now so maybe oh yeah (laughs) maybe 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 there was no danger of me sniping fox from you But, but but fantastic pick hillary thanks and and I'm thinking having animals on your team in a world where demons are alive, they'll probably be able to get past them better than we could. Koromaru does have the highest agility in the game. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to hit. And I think the fox has some sort of like mysterious, not quite teleporty, but it almost feels like it, transportation going. No, no, the, the fox shows up in dungeons. Yeah, no, they're at least able to enter the TV world. Yep. Um, but uh, Neil, let's uh, re-enter the podcast world. You have two picks in a row um, for the end of round six and beginning of round seven. You have two character slots plus your flex. So how so how are you going to go with uh, your for, with the last pick of round six? All right, I'm going to fill my last two character slots. And uh, okay, my first character slot, I'm picking. Yuka Ayase from Persona 1, aka Alana in Revelations. Oh, I don't I don't remember this one. What, what what's Yuka's deal? Uh she was the Kogyaru or Kogao, you know, the kind of Japanese valley girl type. Right, the the, the, the tanned Gyaru type. Right, I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and look, I can already hear several listeners, especially old school persona fans, going, what? What is Neil thinking? Ayase is the worst pick. She's a terrible student. She gets bad grades in school. Her life's ambition is to be a trophy wife. She's a queen bee mean girl like Regina George. And in battle, her pistols are pitiful. The only thing good about her is her theme music. I don't deny any of this. But many of the reasons why they wouldn't pick her are actually the reasons I would. You know what? She may not be academically smart, but, you know, if she was sitting right here, she'd probably say something like, academic smarts are overrated anyway. See, the queen bee mentality works in a crazy world of demons and chaos. As a queen bee, she knows how to manipulate people and situations to her advantage. We'll shamelessly do so. Her, some of her contacts in Persona 1, shameless yet effective. And that just may be the wild card factor I need to gain the upper hand in the world of demons. 
yeah, her pistols may be awful. Her whip is only okay as a weapon, but social manipulation is her true weapon. You know, if she were in Persona 2 where rumors come to life, she'd break the game. Mean girls are experts at using rumors and gossip to their advantage. <laughs> it really seems like you're tailoring things like to a situation like from an SMT or an early Persona game. Your team seems tailored for that. Well, I am an old school Persona fan. Yeah, yeah her, her negotiation strategies with demons are unlike anything that my team could put oh. forward, I think. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, no, there was there was one of her negotiation skills when I first saw it. I was like, wait, what? Am I is this allowed in a game? And hey, her theme music was probably my favorite in the game as well. That's not nothing. It, like there's plenty of good persona music, so indirectly securing one of your favorite persona songs, totally get it. Yeah. Okay. My second character pick is another rumor monger. This one is Kenta Toro or Chunky Yokochi from Persona 2. He's a rumor monger in Innocence Sin and Eternal Punishment. And hey, through him, you find out some of the best rumors to spread. He is a Persona user, but it's not his is not meant for combat. He uses it in his job as a top salesman. So Hey, having someone who's outgoing, sociable, quick thinking, fearless, and knows where and how to find information, I kind of want, I want that. And you know, even in Persona 1, when he was just a teenager, I admired his fearlessness. You know, even though he was slovenly, overweight, and a socially awkward kid, he somehow convinced Ayase to meet with him after school by herself. He fearlessly confessed to her, laying all his feelings on the line. But that's not all. Even though Ayase obliterated him, he still had the guts to call her out on her BS afterward. Wait, is, oh, so he's the guy that summons Mara in the, ma in the manga? <laughs> and, in, and in the Snow Queen quest of Persona 1. Right, okay. Which, which, I, I never did that, but I did read the Persona 1 manga for, for some story context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even though he was left in a crying heap on the floor because... He struck a nerve with Ayase. The fact that he not only confessed to, but then stood up to the queen bee. I don't know. I would have been too chicken to do either of those things. And so the fact that he has a very gainful adult life means he grew from all his experience facing what might have been his worst fear. And yeah, while Ayase still probably wouldn't give him the time of day, because let's face it, Toro is still, you know, big dude and not exactly good looking by her standards you know she would at least respect or acknowledge that this dude has hustle i'm taking ayase and toro as my last two characters all right so uh hillary you have one persona slot and 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 your flex position left so uh which one of those are you going for and what's the pick i uh i'm still a little bit undecided on my flex so as well my other choice is uh vasky vasky i'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to remember this one uh, uh, remind me about vasky traditionally vasky is a pretty primordial figure um from the turning of the milk ocean early on in in hindu legends um they allowed the 
Deva sent Asuras to bind him to a mountain to churn the butters, to churn the nectar of immortality. And unfortunately, uh, because Vasuki's a serpent, uh, some poison got into the milk ocean, which is kind of a problem for creation. And so Shiva swallowed the venom traditionally. So very, very like powerful kind of primordial persona, usually late game and also connected to my other persona pick, which I thought was kind of fun and adding a few more options in terms of skills and elements. Okay. Now I remember I, I, I did a quick search online to <laughs> remind me of what Vosky looks like. And, and I do know Vosky because Vosky is also a boss in digital devil saga, which is going, which is going, which is a preview of how my next pick is going to go. But, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, interesting connection to um to Hindu uh to Hindu folklore and religion there, uh with, with the with the connection there, and I think the place that you fight Vasuki in in Digital Devil Saga is the Sea of Milk, which which is a part of the, at the bottom of the Karma Temple, which mm-hmm. is a, another mythological mythological connection that I definitely didn't understand at the time, and I'm understanding now. So thank you for that. No problem. Yeah, Digital Devil Saga's whole thing is Hindu mythology. So that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. um it's it's uh it's it's iconography from Hinduism and Buddhism uh, um uh, mixed mixed together, and uh, so sometimes employed um, more just for the images, and sometimes much more literally. But in many cases, it's actually pretty accurate because you know I remember growing because for me growing up. You know, my my parents, you know, born and raised in India, me born and raised in the West. And, you know, and I didn't like being the weird Indian kid. But when I was playing Persona and talking to people about it and being able to, like, fill in some of the gaps of their knowledge about some of the Hindu deities that I had reluctantly gotten along the way, to me, it was like, whoa, my culture is cool. And... You know, and so, yeah, the games made me want to, you know, kind of explore my heritage a bit more. <laughs> you wrote a feature about it a while back, too, which is Yeah, back in like read. 2010, yeah. Yep. Well, we'll have to bug Mike Salbato and make sure that feature can uh, um, float <laughs> to the top of the list again in, in case in case it was buried in the uh, in, in the site migration, just, just in case listeners want to look that up after this episode. Mm-hmm. Excellent idea. So, yeah, Persona, it's a series that can change lives for the better. Aww. But speaking of um, of drafting personas, I'm going to go with my final persona pick here as well. And, you know, in the previous round, I drafted Kiryu. So this round, I think I'm going to draft Koryu. <laughs> uh, Koryu is the golden dragon or yellow dragon of uh, that's part of Chinese folklore, in, in which I think it's usually called Huanglong, and uh, is sort of in the, in the Siu Ling, which is, you know, four mythological divine beasts, each representing one quadrant of the heavens. Uh, Koryu is the dragon of the center, and in the Persona games, you fuse it by, uh, you, or I should say you summon it by fusing the other four Suling. And in Digital Devil Saga, uh, probably my favorite non-Persona Atlas game, uh, you have to fight the four Suling as an endgame side quest in order to fight Koryu, which is a very challenging boss that has, that has a set pattern, but it's a weird, difficult pattern. And uh, but but in the Persona games, I uh, it, it's usually at the end of the Hierophant social links, um, and I don't know if I've used it in every single Persona playthrough I've ever done, but I've done it in several. And in Persona Four in particular, it was my source of a couple boosting spells, 
and and Medirahan and Samare Karm, which are two very important, the, the the maybe the two most important healing spells. So it, like it was my reliable elemental healing defense dragon in multiple Persona games, and I like it in Digital Devil Saga, and I think that it's a cool golden dragon. And it has a, a Yakuza connection because the final boss of Yakuza 2 has a Koryu tattoo on his back. There you go. So, yep, Koryu's the pick. I'm locking it in. Uh, but Peter, you have one Persona slot and one Flex slot to go, but the order doesn't matter because you're picking two in a row anyway. Yep, so I'm going to lock both of mine in. Um, so um, my final Persona slot is going to be uh, Thanatos from Persona 3. Because mm, uh, okay, Thanatos mm-hmm. is my plot, favorite. A very plot important persona in that game. Yeah, it's a very plot important persona, and design wise, it's just one of my favorites in the whole series. Like it is this creepy, hulking monstrosity with like this array of coffins on its back and a big old sword. And when it gets introduced, it like literally hatches out of the main character's head. Um, I, I, it's just like, it's, uh, it's, it's such an intimidating design and becomes really significant to the plot of Persona 3. And it's always been one of my favorites. So I just, I was like, okay, I have, I have to get him on here. This is, and it'll, it'll be, it'll work. It'll work well with, um, Minato being on the team too. All right. And your flex, It, it can be any character from Sega Atlas or Sega Atlas. Yep, so I'm actually going to keep this one sort of closer to home. But my flex um, is the Demi-Fiend from Shinigami Tensei 3 Nocturne. <laughs> Another representative of the uh, post-game boxes, bosses of Digital Oof. Devil Saga. And the, w- yep. the one of the whole team that I never, ever could beat. Yeesh, yeah. Yep, so... And, and, and I'm going to get into why, but the, the main thing is the, the Demi Fiend is crazy strong. Like, I don't know how strong the new SMT5 protagonist Kuhn, the Nahubino, is going to be. But um, the up till this point, the Demi Fiend has sort of been the, uh, the poster boy for the most overpowered thing in the Shin Megami Tensei universe. And with good reason. Um, aside from having insanely flexible skill options lore wise the demi fiends assuming that you're going true demon ending route in nocturne the demi fiend basically forsakes all of the other pathways um takes out kagatsuchi is basically is challenged to a 1v1 by satan to, to by lucifer because Lucifer wants to test his strength. And the Demi-Fiend wins. That's the secret final boss of Nocturne. And therefore leads the Devil's Army in a big final battle against Yehovah, the Shin Megami Tensei incarnation of of God. Um, After obliterating creation... To the point that there that creation does not exist anymore. All worlds have been destroyed, and this is where we we, we get into speculative territory with the 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 final the secret boss from Digital Devil Saga. The Demi Fiend went up against Jehovah and lost, and and his appearance in Digital Devil Saga is 
essentially his soulless husk being puppeted around as punishment for defying the will of creation. And it is still the most powerful thing in the universe. Um, so yeah, the Demi Fiend is going to be my flex. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you you picked a bit of a ringer for your team, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no kidding. Like it, it is it, that 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 I've always found the the lore surrounding that character just be super interesting. Because once you start getting into SMT fan theories, it's like the real Shin Megami Tensei starts here. <laughs> okay, well we're into round eight now, and uh, I I have one pick to go, and it's my protagonist because uh, everyone else went with protagonists pretty early. I decided to save mine to the end. I, I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure which one to go for. Uh, there was, I decided sort of at the beginning, you know, as long as I get one of these four, I'll be fine. And three of them are remaining. So I'm not, uh, so my choice is a little harder than I thought it might be. But I, when I'm looking for what my team needs, it's like, do I want the, the reassurance of Narukami or the sort of the mischievousness of Joker? And I, I don't think I want either of those things. I think I want just the wholesome niceness of the Persona 3 girl antagonist, Minako. So I am going for yes. the Naginata, the Naginata wielding, uh, yeah, PSP exclusive, uh, female protagonist from Persona Best Three. Girl, she's gonna get along with everybody. Uh, she'll she'll let Makoto and Mitsuru boss everyone around, but lead the team in her own way. Kanji will probably feel awkward feelings about her. I I love it. It's gonna be great. Balfu and Kiryu will. Yeah, Balfu. Yeah, yeah, Balfu and Kiryu will. Uh, will. Will. You know. We'll, you know. We'll keep a careful watch over the, all of these uh, wacky teams, but but just but you know, only step in when really needed. When really needed. Oh, I love it. But uh, Hillary, uh, your last position to pick is all is a flex, and uh, you can go with any Persona thing that hasn't already been chosen. And any Sega or Atlas thing that other than Kazuma Kiryu and the Demi Fiend. Oof. All right. Um, so I think I'm gonna briefly mention what I was considering and explain why not. Uh, I was originally con- considering Elizabeth, who, in her own right, the, the Velvet Room attendant from Persona Three, who is a really tough boss in her own right in some cases. But she's a little mischievous. She's basically really really interested in the world outside the velvet room and that can lead to some cool innovations and some inspiration for the persona 3 protagonist but it can also lead to some problems so i decided to go rather than the creative kind of more fun route i decided to go the more kind of loyal steadfast route and go with um, Ichiban, the protagonist of Yakuza Like a Dragon, because oh, I yes. feel like he and Maya would be great and inspire everyone, keep everyone together and safe. And my team is going to lead and win with their powers of charm and heart and banding people together. I love the Yakuza representation in this draft so far. <laughs> love, love, love it. <laughs> And you know they have Koromaro and the and the fox to help win people over too. So it's impossible to dislike Ichiban playing through that game. <laughs> yeah, he is such a goofball, so lovable, cares so much about his friends, and he loves Dragon Quest and gangsters. So I, I, and and he's over thirty five years old. So naturally, 
I love everything about this character. He'll also somewhat be the adult of the group. Help oh, my do you really want him to be? Do you really want him to be adult of the group? <laughs> I, I would. I would say leave, leave Naoto in charge of this group for the for the responsible decisions. Even well, she, yeah. she might technically be the youngest one, other than your animals. That's true. I, I she'll influence him. Hopefully. <laughs> He's not the best decision maker, but he has way more than enough heart to make up for the lack of brains. There you go. Yeah, I'm relying on Nato to be the brains of my group. Have Have you Have you played much Yakuza Like a Dragon yet? A little bit. I'm just getting into it. Oh yes. Oh, please keep me updated over messages, please. Okay. And if you need anyone to explain the almost incomprehensible shareholders meeting mini game, I got you. All right. Yeah. Spoiler alert: There's a shareholders meeting mini game. <laughs> I'll definitely do that. <laughs> okay, so Neil, um, most Yakuza protagonists are unavailable to you, but otherwise you have almost the entire world of Sega and Atlas uh, to be um, your flex pick and the final pick of the entire draft. So what is your choice? The world is my oyster. You know, I'm dithering between two picks. One of them is very pragmatic, and the other of them is more kind of gut feeling. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for my gut feeling pick. It's Mice Triumph from Thousand Arms. Oh, oh. you're you're uh, your old oh. forum avatar. And it, it, yep, it's yeah. I changed. I, I changed back to it on the site and everything. Because oh, wow. grinning mice is well, hey, that's kind of been that's kind of my image. So it'd, it'd be kind of crazy for me not to, you know, pick my image. So is 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 Thousand Arms an Atlas game? I I I'm, I don't even remember. Yeah, it was uh, published by Atlas. All right, then it fits. I, I just know it was a late era PS1 game, but I I, I couldn't yeah. even tell you who the developer was. Yeah, it was. was. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it was um, Atlas and Red Company. All right, and you know. Um, I haven't played very much Thousand Arms, so you'd be able to tell this better than I could, Neil, but there's a bit of a connection here because in both Persona and Thousand Arms, your uh, relationships with people you can date affect the more powerful uh, uh, tools that you can use in battle, essentially. <laughs> that That is correct. With Thousand Arms, um, depending on how much affection Mice has achieved with uh, one of his many female companions they will imbue power into the weapons as he forges them right and, and each one of them is a different uh elemental or different mm -hmm. weapon type right? that is correct right so yeah exactly he's a blacksmith so he knows how to forge weapons he's probably also physically strong because you need to be physically strong to be a blacksmith he ha he's good with a sword, powerful swords, and he's a and I like that he's a shameless flirt, and I might need that, you know, try and gain favor with any of the female demons running around the way Ayase might try and gain favor with the male demons. Also, so I can tell that you have played a rogue in Dungeons and Dragons right. at, at least <laughs> exactly at least what a couple, I was thinking at least a couple times. <laughs> um. I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but but then again, in um, Wintermore Tactics Club, my favorite character in that game was the Rogue. There you go. <laughs> and for fun, would you like to hear my pragmatic pick that I 
turned down. Sure. What was the uh, unofficial 33rd pick of the draft? It was going to be Ren from uh, Fantasy Star 3. Oh. Because I figured he has he he has muscle because he's a super powerful cyborg. He also offers a cooler and more objective counterpoint to the hotter tempers that could flare up. Plus, Fantasy Star 3's version of Ren transforms into vehicles. Oh, yeah, I've only played Fantasy Star 4, so I, I know that Ren, who is who's awesome, but yeah, 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 that Ren turning into like a lunar lander sounds pretty cool. So Neil's team is going to flirt its way out of problems, and my team is going to charm its way out of problems with the power of heart and bad decisions. Hey, and I have two, ru- and I have two rumor mongers, don't forget. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a rumor monger and a wealthy heiress and a former Yakuza who is somehow involved with all the Yakuza. Uh, but my, my, my flex pick, if it wasn't going to be Kiryu um, or Ichiban, because I, I thought about Ichiban a little bit, was probably going to be a Skies of Arcadia character and, yeah. and, and, and probably probably Vice just because, I don't know, the, the, the eye patch monocle and fighting with two cutlasses and he would get along great with uh, all the people on my team. That, that, that was my consideration. Uh, Peter, <laughs> do you have an alternate pick if you hadn't gone Demi-Fiend? Um, I, my alternate pick was actually going to be Bayonetta. <laughs> <laughs> well, fly me to the moon river. Uh, looks like we're, we're done with the, We're done with the, uh, with the draft and the podcast. We will uh, line up all the teams and announce them uh, together at the very end, but we have to come up with team names first. So think about what your team name is going to be over the next couple minutes while I do some housekeeping. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this Persona draft that also explored some different corners of Sega and Atlas that I weren't even aware were part of Sega and Atlas at the time. Uh, but it was a lot. These draft episodes are a lot of fun. We're going to do more of them eventually. I don't know exactly which series or when it'll happen, but they will happen because they're fun and basically result in us discussing uh, thirty-two to forty characters or entities from different RPGs, which is a, you know as good a, a gimmick as any for a podcast. But uh, coming up next week, we are doing another gimmicky episode that we are doing our fourth Retro Encounter quiz show. Four contestants enter, one leaves. We haven't finished recording them yet, so I don't know who the champion is, but we will eventually crown a champion for the fourth Retro Encounter quiz show, and you'll hear all about it next week. And, uh, but after that, we have some more Persona headed your way. We're doing two episodes on Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, a sequel of sorts to our Innocent Sin episodes from last year. They are coming later this month. I have to play much more of that before I'm ready to record, so you know exactly what I'm doing over the next uh, 72 hours or so when I'm not uh, working for local government. But um, also after that, uh, we have all of October planned out. We're going to do two episodes on Cosmic Star Heroin, uh, the 2016 or 2017 indie RPG for a lot of uh, developed by Z-Boyd Games. But we've also, we also did an episode with the two developers of Z-Boyd Games uh, about a year and a half ago when Cthulhu Saves Christmas, Saves Christmas came out. So we're well acquainted with uh, Rob and Bill from Z-Boyd and we, uh, we have <clears throat> a lot more Z-Boy to discuss in October. But listeners, if you want to reach out to us to, uh, to talk about Persona or quiz shows or Cosmic Star Heroin, the best way to do so is email. You can email us, retro at rpgfan.com. You can also comment on RPG Fans message boards, visit our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our Twitter page, our Discord server, our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, something streaming every day on Twitch, stuff happening every day in Discord. 
there's many ways to interact with RPG Fan, and I suggest you try all the ones you are interested in. Uh, RPG Fan also hosts three other fine podcasts in addition to Retro Encounter. There's Random Encounter every two weeks about randomness, Rhythm Encounter every two weeks about RPG music. We recently realigned the random and rhythm schedules, so they're po- pose, excuse me, posting on alternate Mondays. So on every Monday, you'll have an episode of Random Encounter or Rhythm Encounter entering your podcast feed. Uh, and But in addition to those two in Retro Encounter, there's also Phoenix Edge, our par- partner podcast, usually every week, usually hosted on YouTube, and about a wide variety of RPG-flavored topics. You can review Retro Encounter and those other three on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, whatever p- podcast listening venue you choose. Give us all the feedback. We love feedback. But before we uh, give our social media and sign off, it's time to name our teams and present them to the world one final time. Does anyone, has anyone figured out their team name? I have. Hit me. You're going to know exactly where this is coming from, but I think my team is going to be called Team Change Your Way because... Because of that dope uh, R&B song at the end of, uh, of uh, Eternal Punishment. Yep. It's Maya's theme song, and since she's my protagonist, that works out. And it's just, I think, a good theme for pretty much all the characters I drafted, the idea that you can make a change. It's not too late. Lots of positivity going on. And that's probably how my team would be likely to win anything in the Persona world. So there you go. <laughs> all right, uh, Neil or Peter, do we have a team name set up yet? I think I have one. Okay. I'm going to go with Team Chatterbox because... Most of my picks would talk their way out of bad situations. Plenty of them can fight, but it's talking, social manipulation, gathering information and intel. That's their strength. All right. So Team Chatterbox, Team Change Your Way. Uh, I have my uh, team name ready, so uh, mind if I go next, Peter? Yeah, go for it. All right. My team name is a little bit long-winded, but it is... The Koryu family, subsidiary of the Retro Clan. <laughs> uh, definitely a very obvious Yakuza reference. Again, it is my most recent video game obsession. I have many video game obsessions. You have heard them made manifest over, oh, goodness gracious, uh, six plus years of podcasts. But that's my current one, and I'm sticking with it. So, Peter, what is your team name? All right, I'm going to go with the Unreasonables, um, because... We're led by the Demi-Fiend, so a guy who defies reason, or works with reason, depending on the choices you make in Nocturne, and a bunch of precocious teenagers, um, at least one of whom would rather be inside and play video games or be online. Um, I just figured that would be suitable. All right, so uh, I don't know if I like your version better than the Brian De Palma movie or not, but The Unreasonables. So listeners, let's... uh, Let's tell you the results of our uh, of our four team draft for the Retro Encounter Persona Fantasy Draft. First, we have Team Chatterbox, headed by Persona One protagonist Boy with Earring, and alongside him are Eriko from Persona One, Nekomata from Persona Two, Yuka from Persona One, Kenta from Persona One, Armaiti the Persona, Kikurihime the Persona, and Mace Triumph from Thousand Arms. Then we have Team Change Your Way, led by Maya from Persona 2, Naoto from Persona 4, Akihiko from Persona 3, Kotomaru from Persona 3, Fox from Persona 4, Ardha the Persona, 
Vasuki, the Persona, and Ichiban Kasuga from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Then we have the Koryu family subsidiary of the Retro Clan, led by the female protagonist from Persona 3, Kanji from Persona 4, Mitsuru from Persona 3, Makoto from Persona 5, Baofu from Persona 2, Yoshitsune the Persona, Koryu the Persona, and Kazuma Kiryu from Yakuza's 0 through 6. And finally, we have The Unreasonables, uh, led by the male protagonists from Persona 3, EY from Persona 5, Chihiro from Persona 3, Junpei from Persona 3, Futaba from Persona 5, Thor the Persona, Thanatos the Persona, and the Demi-Fiend from Shin Megami Tensei 3, Nocturne. Those are the teams. We're sticking to them. But listeners, how do you get in touch with the architects of those four teams? Let's share our contact information that we're willing to share at the moment, starting with you, Hillary. All right. The best way to reach me is Discord, and I'm EP Fire there. Now, Peter. Uh, the best way to reach me is Twitter. You can find me at I Have Fury. Now, Neil. All right. Email is neilch at rpgfan, uh, neilch rpgfan on Discord. And for the indus and for the industry folks, PR at RPGfan.com. All right. And listeners, if you want to reach me, the easiest way to do so is via Twitter. I am at the real monsoon most of the time, named after an old created character in, in Soul Calibur 4. And also at Yavoka for Gods, <laughs> other times named after one of Hillary's characters originally found in Persona 3. You can also find me on the RPG fan Discord as Monsoon Mike. So uh that's the, that's the draft. Um, the first league matchup is this Sunday, so make sure all of your picks are in by Saturday night. Thank you, good night, and good luck. Mm-hmm.